You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Everyone, welcome. Fully booked season eight is here. I'm pleased to announce we will be reviewing the book Sleep by Nick Littlehells. My name is Mace. I'm French. And myself is Andrew. And we're very, very fortunate because the author of the book, the guy behind the success of Great Britain's Olympic cycling team, the guy who Alex Ferguson quotes, or maybe doesn't quote, as being the main reason Man United were able to Gang. overtake Liverpool's Gang. O- able to Gang. overtake Liverpool's <laughs> title hold by introducing sleep methods at Old Trafford that were that were what's the word innovative definitely Nick Littlehells is with us guys thank you wow <laughs> <laughs> what an intro what an guys. excellent where are you with us from at the moment Nick where are you based I'm uh, currently sat in my office in uh, Nottingham West Bridgeford yep just getting towards the end of another long day. Another long day. Okay, cool. French, do you want to, I know you wanted to kick off a couple of key questions. I didn't, yeah. but you've put it on me, so <laughs> I guess I'll start as usual. Um, Nick, how did you get it? I mean, we've read, we've all read the book and we've got a similar idea of how you got into, introduced to Alex Ferguson and obviously your journey get, began from there, I, I essentially guess as being a sleep expert. But just before you started um, talking with experts of the the sports field, how did you get into being a sleep, uh, quote, expert? Well, I'd probably, probably like to put it across as some very well-planned executional <laughs> business model. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it's just a journey. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's even better. Yeah, that, that in its sense. Um I love sports as a teenager. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. But um, you know, it was a long time ago, back in the late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. Spent a little bit of time as a professional golfer, or trying to be a professional golfer. Um, then sort of married my childhood sweetheart. Mm-hmm. We got a young child coming along, so I need to pay some bills. Because um, sport in those days, if you didn't put all the effort in and all the stuff, there was no sort of money around or sponsorship like it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fell into the furniture industry. Um, I fell into selling beds for a company called Slumberland, uh, which not many people will know about today. But back in those heydays, it was a major, major brand in sleeping comfort products. Uh, I was just trying to pay the bills. Yeah. Uh, to bring up a young family. Wasn't really interested in the slightest. Hmm. But I suppose a lot of that sort of intuitive um, stuff that you learn trying to be an individual sports person, I sort of put that across into my job. I ended up becoming their international sales and marketing director when I was 32 years old after being in it for six years. So shifted through the ranks. Um, it was a big company, so we travelled around the world looking at all sorts of ways people slept and clinical and academic stuff and just, you know, did a lot of great things like we created a UK sleep council for the UK, which wasn't there before, with some collaborative partners, but 
I think I've just hit a midlife crisis in my 40s just saying, that's just about this stuff. Yeah. It's just taken for granted. You know, you can talk all day long about how important sleep is, but, yeah. you know, there's so many variables, so many stuff, there's so many myths and misunderstandings. Yeah. So I just thought, you know, yada, yada, let's buzz off and do something else. Do some research, yeah. Um, my office was in Oldham, Manchester, UK. My UK office, anyway. And there's a local football team called Oldham Athletic. Yeah, there we know it. You know it? Yeah, yeah they, yeah, were, they yeah. were half decent in the early 90s. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, you're all Man, you know, Man Manchester United fans, are you? I no, am. No, no, no. I am. No. Well, well, I'm an Aston Villa fan. So. What? Oh, yeah. I'll leave it out. We'll go with that. <laughs> My older brother's team. We'll go. Yeah. We like you, Nick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it was, um, I didn't know at the time, but it was uh, a breeding ground in that area of the Northwest for Manchester United players, Paul Scholes, the Neville brothers. Mickey Buds, you know, mm. all those guys. I got asked by Oldham Athletic to sponsor their shirts. Uh, now, before you get too excited, this was way back in 96, 97. Mm-hmm. And to put a betting company called Slumberland on the front of a football shirt created all sorts of craziness. But the only reason I did it, wrote the check out, was because a lot of the workforce loved their local team, you know, yeah. Athletic. Yeah. So it was a nice thing for the local workforce to, inside the factory, to see their company name on their local football team. Anyway, I got invited to a few football things because of that, because I'm the guy who writes the checkout. Mm-hmm. And that strangely engaged me with Manchester United. So um, I started to have a conversation um, with Alex Ferguson one day. Um, Whilst he is a sleeper, like we all are, he wasn't involved in the sleep industry. So my particular take on stuff um, just resonated in his ears. And mm. Back then, there was no data capture, there was no GPS, there was no sports science, there was no nothing. We didn't even, we'd only just got phones, for God's sake. And mm. um, so it was just, we started some dialogue and... I was still working for my company, but working my contract out. But the dialogue started to happen with Manchester United. Now, I suppose if I was on any, in any other area of the country, nobody would even have listened to me. Okay. But it happened to be Alex Ferguson. Um, he was very open to new stuff, new developments. And if we didn't know anything about something, then he would try and investigate it. So that's how it started. I started working with the physio, a guy called Dave Fever. Um, we started looking at players and their, what they were sleeping on and their environments, which was completely new. And that translated into, you know, talking to the players. Um, a lot of those players, you know, they were not on social media. It's the class of 92. Um, they were very focused on what they were doing. They were very sort of you know, English-born and bred players at Manchester United at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them played for the England squad, so they started to talk to the England squad about, you know, this guy who talks to them about sleep. Uh, one of the guys who worked in and around the England squad was a guy called Gary Lewin, who was mm-hmm. also the Brazilian oh, awesome. Arsenal yeah, football club. Yeah. And a new guy had just arrived called this French... Spectacle manager to the last <laughs> That's how long ago we're going. Um, 
and he was into all sorts of new stuff. So mm. the combination of those things, I got asked to to present to the first team at Arsenal, and Arsenal was a completely different set of people. They were people of Czech Republic, Nigeria, Ali Bayor, French, Terry Henry, Fabregas. It was just a crazy bunch of people in there. Mm. And so I had to sort of sit down and go, right, they want me to talk to the first team of Arsenal about sleep. And I sort of had to create what on earth a sleep coach is in sport. And I woke up one morning in the old days and in the press, somebody had found out about this stuff. And it was just, I woke up and read the fact that Manchester United has got a a sleep coach, they just put coach because that's a familiar role in sport, mm -hmm. sleep, because that's what they heard this guy was doing. Mm -hmm. And they just, you know, now using strong language, guys, <laughs> just basically took the mickey. Yeah. yeah. The Manchester United has got a sleep coach, for God's sake, tucking them in, reading them bedtime stories, those pampered players, whatever next. Yeah. Um, and that's the moment I woke up and said, well, that's me. So mm -hmm. I need to get on with it. And two decades later, um, sleep and human performance recovery has never been more at its highest level for all the right wrong way. Mm -hmm. So you could say that the stars aligned then? It's a, I will nick that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I think... Um, I've been going boss basically every week, every month for 22 years because it's only been certain people in certain environments, like you mentioned in that wonderful builder. People mm -hmm. um, like British Cycling Challenge to try and create a new era in the sport mm -hmm. and, uh, to get somebody on a Tour de France podium. They had a strategy, they had a thing. I was the only guy who was wandering around <coughs> talking about sleep. If I'd have known, I probably would have had some reason to keep doing it for 22 years. But I tell you what, almost every week, every month, it's just like, why am I doing this? <laughs> people telling me, Nick, you can't keep doing this. Nobody gives a damn, you know? It's just not there. But I suppose there's that little bit of a strategist about me, a little bit of a sales and marketing guy about mm -hmm. me, that you always have to look beyond the fringe to the trends. I'm not suggesting in the slightest I knew where we were going to go, but I think we're in such a massive social experiment uh, that continues almost on a day-to-day -day basis. So I think that's why recovery has to be re redefined, and I'm redefining it every day mm. with all the athletes I work with and the challenge that they get faced with. Um, and it's just a really interesting subject. Yeah. I think the word sleep is just so yesterday. Okay. Um, it's just not a word that you want to use. Mm -hmm. um, we are always talking about how do you get somebody, whether they're an elite athlete, whether it's Usain Bolt or, or anybody, how do you get them from A to B surrounded by schedules that are virtually non-human, mm. whether that's eSport, poker players, the Australian cricket team, England cricket team, whatever it is, 
is they're under extreme challenges and the ability to be able to maximize your mental and physical recovery has suddenly become massive. Um, but on the flip side, long answer to your question, is I also didn't expect it to be a subject that was being labelled as being the, the saviour for all the mental and health and well-being mm-hmm. issues around the world. And, you know, I got asked to write a book in 2016. Um, it's gone into 14 different languages now, uh, which is quite crazy and overwhelming. It's brilliant. But it, yeah. it also means I've been talking to under nines, under twelves, parents, nurses, doctors, surgeons, pilots, DJs, you wow. know, um, everyone that needs sleep. Band members, <laughs> <Yeah>. band members, <laughs> That's everyone. You know? uh, I'm, I'm quite, you know, you can almost think that, like, you know, Storms is going to pick up the phone tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. It's like, it's like, there's a real addictive behaviour going on in the background, trying to cope. Yeah. With our lack of education, lack of awareness, lots of mis- and misunderstanding. And it's so simple to put right. It's almost like illogical. So the sort of overwhelming thing is when anybody talks to me about this stuff, they go, I thought I knew that anyway. I thought I was doing that anyway. Hmm. And they sort of, they can be really inspired to just make a few changes, behavioral changes, whether it's about performance or just or just not getting to that cliff where you're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so it's, it's a fantastic arena to be in. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the big thing for everybody is to understand that, you know, sleep does not equal get your eight hours at night, don't eat too late, mm-hmm. you know, do your little things pre-sleep, yada, 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 yada. That just yeah. doesn't wash into yeah. as well. It's not, it's not a one-size-fits-all, is it, Nick? No, no. Earlier on, you spoke... Well, it kind of is because it's a natural. It's like the other health pillars. You know, you've got to exercise. Yeah. Whether you walk for thirty minutes a day, you've got to do it. Yeah. You've got to hydrate. You've got to fuel up. Uh, you've got to be conscious of what you put in your um, to its negative or positive or social or behavioural changes. Because sleep is no different. exercising and stuff. It's not. You fall asleep, your brain takes over. So principally, what you should concentrate on is everything you do while you're awake. Because that's actually going to reveal the level of recovery you want Mm -hmm. to be able to just keep cracking on doing what you want to do and to deal with the variables, positive and negative. And, you know, as you pointed out before, you know, get yourself aligned with one of the most natural processes that human beings will never change. Elon Musk, Elon Musk will never change it. Virgin Galactic will never change it. You know, Bezos will change it, which is actually 
The sun goes around our planet. We've got brains and bodily functions. We are totally synchronized to it. It'll never change. And the further you go away from it, the worse it's going to get. Cool. What, what I meant about the one size fits all, it's not a one size fits all, is that there is this myth of eight hours a night. But actually, from from going through your book and kind of reading the examples provided, some people actually, it's not about eight hours a night. It's about your week and setting up your week because you are going to have evenings where you're out, you're out uh, evening meal, out for drinks and whatever. And it's about kind of, it's kind of, comes in nicely to kind of the whole R90 and, and Carcadian rhythms and can you possibly just touch on both of those and kind of for the listeners and the viewers what those mean um, well you know you learn a lot and you, you hear different opinions about all sorts of stuff so you, you create your own version and, and when I first started and talking to Premiership footballers how do you redefine what sleep means to them. Mm. And in a clinical environment, you always look at a 90-minute cycle. Mm-hmm. And to benchmark all the brainwave patterns of going through the various stages of sleep, which are all important, but some are deemed to be more important, like the deeper sleep stages. Nick, just to so, cut you quickly, I was just going to ask... Five 90-minute cycles equals 7.5 hours. Mm-hmm. There it puts a definition on eight hours a day. So there's no argument about having the need to be in eight hours worth of recovery in any 24 hours as a human. But trying to get it all in one block, which is the eight-hour-a-night revolution, is not natural. So it's only a short period of time before light was invented, electric light, that humans always slept in what's called a polyphasic manner, which is shorter periods more often. So we know about siestas, we know about mm-hmm. graveyards <clears throat> since midday, we know about fatigue happening in all sorts of places, like the heat behind the wheel of a car on a motorway mm-hmm. at 70 miles an hour, which is utterly ridiculous. But it puts it in context. And I think when you start thinking about your day in 90-minute cycles, just because it's the length of a football game with a break in the middle, you know. <laughs> I was going to ask why 90. It, you, you can't go a full 90. You've got to take a break. You've got to rehydrate. You've got to do this. You've got to reevaluate where you're going and then move on. So we kind of put it in context way back then. So that's where the R90 technique came from. Not a, I didn't make it up. It's something mm. that's evolved from the clinical environment, but it also made sense. So when you start looking at an individual which you quite rightly point out, it is a bit bespoke, that if you chop their day up into 90-minute cycles, you get the first thing you want to look at is is the natural point of wake, um, which is about chronotypes. These are sleep characteristics. I'd always heard about owls and larks, my grandparents. It means an evening type or a morning type. Mm. And you can go into that as much as you want, but it basically means that the evening type and the morning type have a genetic twist is their ability to produce serotonin which unsuppresses everything and makes us function and the melatonin which suppresses everything and moves us towards a recovery state and those two hormones are completely triggered by light sunrise midday sunset diminished light and dark Mm. so once you identify your natural chronotype wait time you know, mine is 6.30, guys. You know, I'm awake. Hmm. And I want to go. I'm hungry. 
I'm smashing it, I want to do stuff. But the PM of the evening time is not producing that level of serotonin. So they're hitting the snooze button as much as they possibly can before they have to start their day. That's me. So you combine those two things together, chop your day up into 90-minute cycles. And what that does is allow you to be able to look at your week ahead and determine that you want 35 cycles in a week, five a day, five 90-minute cycles, or shorter cycles, 30 minutes, which is a natural midday cycle, 30 minutes or less. So you can map out your day and say, am I going to get 35 cycles, a combination of how many 90-minute cycles back-to-back, nocturnally, depending on my occupation, I could do on midday. How many little 30-minute cycles can I slot in to get my 35? And then you can see how your week's panning out with all the variables that goes on. But then also, even at the point of wake, don't worry about what's just happened. You were out of control of it. So if you slept well, who cares? If you didn't sleep well, who cares? Just start your day well. Go through every 90-minute cycles thinking about little distracted breaks, thinking about how you can do this. And as negative and positive things just come your way, how do you deal with them? Right, I'm just going to put one in there, put one in there, five minutes here, two minutes there. Balance it out. And that's the only way you can coach, you know, elite athletes, whether it's NBA, NFL, NHL, NRL, wherever you go, or even pilots, their schedules are just being pushed like mad. And they realize it's not about the reward financially. It's just that companies, even in sports and outside, are just producing schedules that are just non-human for us. That doesn't mean to say we need to give in, but that's what the technique does, is it allows a surgeon in a hospital, a DJ, uh, whatever it is, to sort of map out how they're going to maximize their recovery, but without thinking all the time and worrying and creating anxiety and creating addictive behaviors, that if they don't get their eight hours at night, you know, they're going to die or they won't function. <laughs> and so I think it's just... It's just redefining what we think about this process and how we do it, but in a very natural way.